everybody. So today is going to be my October wrap up and October was a dreadful month. Um, I'm not really sure why. Actually, I know why. I mean, nothing in my personal life, just like my reading in general. Um, I have got to stop trying to read ebooks. I think I have like completely maxed out and I can no longer read ebooks. And I know I've said this before multiple times this year, but it's just been like the most convenient way to try to read a book because I have a baby at all times. Um, but I think I've just hit a fucking wall with ebooks and I cannot continue reading them because I just don't care. Like it just makes me not care. Like I don't know if it's different when I hold a physical book because I just made this like decision like recently and I haven't finished a book since, but I just cannot be bothered with ebooks anymore. I just can't do it. Last year, I think I read like six ebooks total. And this year, I have no idea. I have no idea. But if I had to guess, I read almost a hundred books. If I had to guess, I would say probably 70 of those books I've read as ebooks. That's probably being way too generous. More than, I would say at least half of the books that I've read have been ebooks. And that is horrible. I don't know. I don't know if those stats are correct, but I feel like all I've done is read ebooks and it's not gone well for me. This month I read six books and I DNF'd eight. So I feel like anytime I DNF more than I read, it's not a good month. And honestly, I probably could have DNF'd more. Um, there are a lot of times where I will start a book and then I'm like, you know what? I already know I'm not feeling this. I already know it's not going well for me. So I'm not even going to pretend like I'm going to try to read this. And so I don't count it as a DNF because it's like, not even an idea that I'm entertaining, but it's just, it's just been, it's been a rough go. So hopefully if I stop reading ebooks and I just read physical books, I'll actually finish a book. And like, the thing is, is like, I'm constantly like interested in books. I constantly want to be reading books. Like I'm so, I'm so into it. I just like, I don't know. There's like some sort of wall happening between me and ebooks. So hopefully that's what my problem is. And next month will be better because this month was a shit show. And honestly, a lot of these books, I'm just like, mm, I don't know. I was bored. Like it's, I don't have any good reason. Um, but let's get into it. The first book I DNF'd is The Escape Room by Megan Golden. I read Stay Awake by her and I heard that The Night Swim was good. I've had that on hold for a while, so I'm still waiting for that, but she also has The Escape Room, which I've heard mixed things about, and I thought it sounded fun because I like, like, locked room mysteries and things like that, but this was so incredibly slow, and I, I feel like that's going to be my thing for all of these is that they were so slow, but this was so slow. It's like these four people are locked in an elevator, and they have to solve these clues and stuff to get out or something. And, like, it's somehow tied to this other girl that I think they hired and then, like, pinned some sort of financial scandal or something on her or something fraud. I don't know. But it just, I couldn't, I, I think I, I got, I got 69 pages and I was just, like, literally forcing myself to read. And I feel like that's what it is going to be with a lot of these. Like, I was just, like, forcing myself through. Um, but I just, oh my god, it was not good. The next one is The Man I Never Met by L. Cook. I think this is the one I gave the shortest amount of time to, 
but I still give it 50 pages. I give it 46 pages. Um, I got this as a, oh, this is by L. Cook, if I didn't say that. I got this as a, an ARC on NetGalley, which <laughs> NetGalley is going to stop giving me books because I don't ever finish them. Um, this is about this girl and this guy who, the guy accidentally texts her or calls her because he has the wrong number, and then they end up texting, and he's, like, from the U.S., and she lives in England, and they, like, end up, like, I don't know, talking, like, whatever, and it's, there's some sort of something where, like, they can't meet in real life, um, for whatever reason. I feel like it's kind of like a lake house sort of situation, but I... It was just, like, not for me. I don't like romance books, and that's, like, essentially what this was. I just thought that the premise sounded fun um, because I like The Lake House, the movie, but I just couldn't get into it. Next, I DNF to Sadie by Courtney Summers. This one I got 76 pages into, um, but again, I was just bored. And this one I was reading physically, so it's not just ebooks that I was DNFing, but I was reading this one physically, and I didn't like it. Um... This one, a lot of people say is, like, really good. It's really, like, like earth-shattering and, like, really, like, serious, like, material and things like that. And it's, like, really, like, traumatic and, like, like deep and whatever. I don't know. Um, but I was bored. I also had anticipated giving this book five stars this year. So that's just another I I That podcast is going to be awful because I did not get any of these books accurately like five stars like it's just amazing um but I got this from like half price books or something because I was certain that I would like it and I definitely didn't it I I feel like potentially this would be better as an audiobook because it's set up like a podcast where it's like talking about like this thing that happened in this town where this like young girl was killed and I guess like her sister is trying to avenge the person that killed her and it's this whole thing and whatever but it was so boring like nothing was happening there was like no there was nothing was happening and it was very slow and it's like this girl on her own trying to go after this guy and you're just like okay when are we gonna get there I just couldn't do it I was bored it's not worth it I'm sorry next is The Weight of Blood by Tiffany D. Jackson I really love Tiffany G. Jackson. Monday's Not Coming is fantastic. Um, Grown was also really good. But this is a Carrie retelling, and I've never read Carrie. I know the like premise or whatever. It seems like this is fairly similar, especially since I just saw somebody talking about the book Carrie. And I think the book Carrie is also mixed media, and um, it's told like after the fact, and it's told from like other points of view and things like that and that's exactly how this one's set up so I think that this is very much set up to be like just like a Carrie retelling and like that's all there is to it it's about this girl Maddie who is um I think she's mixed but um she's like white passing and then like her hair gets wet one day like she always avoids like rain and her hair gets wet one day and like they find out that she is part black and it creates this whole stir and this like really backwards like old like white like not even white because there are black people um just like really old like I don't know southern town or something and I guess it like there's like all this build up to prom and the same thing happens she also has telekinesis powers whatever I read 160 pages of this so I was like halfway if not more than halfway and I was just like come on like what the fuck and I also like this like genre where it's like leaning a little bit into horror like isn't 
isn't my genre. Like, I don't like scary things and I don't like whatever. And I feel like it was, like, going to get to that point. Um, and the other characters were, like, not really likable. Like, I did like Maddie. I didn't like the other characters. Um, there's, like, the boy that is, like, I guess going to ask her to prom or whatever. Like, he was fine, but it seemed like he had, like, no backbone. And, like, um, he, like, very much, he was, he was black. And he very much, like, didn't want to draw attention to the fact that he was black. And he didn't want, um, like, he didn't want to be different, which I get. But also, I think, like, that becomes a problem. I don't know. I, I can't really speak. But um, his girlfriend is white, and she is, like, kind of annoying. And I don't know. It just, none of the characters were really enjoyable. And also, she's treated really badly, just, like, at home and stuff, which I think is probably also the same with Carrie. I think there's something with her mom or something in Carrie. Um, but I don't typically, unless it's, like, which I get that this is, like, furthering the plot, but unless it's, like, absolutely necessary for the story, like, I don't love when characters are being treated this poorly. Like, it just doesn't do it for me. Um, so, yeah. Next is The Last of Banished by Megan Miranda. Um, this is, I got 66 pages into this one, and then I ended up reading a different book by Megan Miranda, so I think that if I would have stuck this out, I would have liked it, um, or liked it enough, because I like her writing... I just was bored with the premise, I guess. I don't know. It's something about, like, um, some sort of, like, hotel, motel sort of situation. And, like, I think someone went missing and then, like, their brother comes and he's, like, trying to find his brother or something. I don't really know, but I was bored. I got, like, two hours into the audiobook and nothing was happening still. So I was like, well, this is not worth my time. Next is Grave Reservations by... Um, I think it's Christ. I don't have the author's name. Hold on. Um, I think it's like something Perry, Christy Perry or something. Let me see. It is by Cherry Priest. I was all over that and not at all close. Um, Grave Reservations. It is about this girl who's like psychic and she ends up helping this like police officer solve a crime. I am not, like, huge in cozy mysteries, but I will read them if they sound okay. And, like, um, Kayla from Books and the Lala was talking about this, so I was like, okay, I'll read it. Um, it just, like, I just saw it scrolling, and I think because the second book in the series just came out, so I think it's, like, getting a little bit of traction. Um, and I was, like, fine with it. Like, the writing was, like, kind of quirky, and, like, I could use some cozy in my life, but, um, like she has I, okay the whole like being psychic thing I don't really know how that's supposed to work but it like I was fine with her like having this like feeling because like the beginning of the book I'm not giving anything away like she is a travel agent and she reschedules his flight and he's like why the fuck did you reschedule my flight like I need to get home and she's like I'm really sorry like whatever but she just had like a bad feeling about him being on the flight and then like something happens to the flight and like I don't think anybody dies but people get really hurt um and so he's like oh my god and then he's a police officer he's trying to solve this like case for whatever reason and so he asks for her help and like all of that was perfectly fine I'm okay with like there being a psychic in a book which I understand is like it's like super bizarre and like I'm but I'm fine with that level of bizarre what I'm not fine with is like she went 
to like help him at the crime scene or something and was like touching items and then like not only was she getting like vibes and like knowing like what happened but she's like getting like word for word like conversations that happen and like she's able to like feel like what happened and like that to me felt weird and I'm sure that that's still what a psychic is is like feeling energy through things and like whatever but like the fact that she's like picking up an item or I don't even remember what it was but like and is able to like word for word be like this is exactly what happened in this room like that felt so stupid and like cheap to me and it felt like an easy way to just like get around her not like get around them not being present for situations and so I was like yeah no I can't do this but I think if it would have just been strictly like she's a psychic and like she prevents like things from happening on the case or something and I don't know how that would make a good story I get that like her being able to recall things that happened previously like is what makes it like helpful but I absolutely was not on board for that next is legends and lattes by why do I not have their motherfucking name this is so annoying um legends and lattes by Travis Baldry um this is about um this I hesitate to say girl um an orc named Viv. I don't know what an orc is, so don't ask me. Um, the cover of this is very much like Dungeons and Dragons. Like, it's the same font as Dungeons and Dragons. So I think it's, like, supposed to be kind of, like, a play on that. Um, and so it has, like, creatures. Like, there's a succubus. What's a succubus? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what an orc is. So, um, it's basically, like, there's this girl who is done being a barbarian like she's tired of being like you know doing like quests and things and I guess she comes across coffee in some land that she's visited and she wants to open a coffee shop and so she does and um I literally so I, I read 78 pages I read I would say probably fucking like 60 of those pages are just talking about her like building the coffee shop with this man that she finds or I don't even know if he's a human I don't know what he is um and I was like bro what are we doing I think it's supposed to be just like a very cozy vibe like kind of like playful silly story sort of thing I think like ultimately I think she's also um just based on my brief understanding of what was going on I think she's also got something that she's hiding some sort of artifact magical situation um I don't know that for a fact but it seems like that's what like the overall thing is um I've heard so many people talk about this on booktube and talk about how it's like just so cozy and it's just like such a good just like good feel good like blah blah whatever and I can see that like she seems like just like a sweet even though she's, like, I guess supposed to be, like, terrifying because she's, like, a big, huge green something. I don't know. Um, she's, like, actually, like, really sweet and cuddly on the inside. And she's, like, just, like, wants to open a coffee shop. And that's, like, really cute and whatever. Um, and I think, like, it's all very, like, lovable and sweet. I, however, don't care about Dungeons & Dragons creatures. So I was bored. I did request the audiobook because I think if someone just, like, tells me the story, I think I would like it. Um, but I think, like, just, like, sitting and reading it, I'm just, like, 
okay. Like, I could see it being, like, a nice, cozy vibe to listen to. But um, to read, I'm just like, okay, these creatures, I don't really get it, but whatever. Um, so I think I'm going to try to listen to the audiobook and see if that goes well. But I, I have heard, like, really good things about it from, like, literally anyone that's read it. So um, if you can get past that, I think it's supposed to be really cozy and wonderful. Um, I don't even like coffee. I mean, I kind of do now, but not really. Um, so I think like a little bit of the coffee stuff is lost on me, but anyway, I think it's probably a good book and I think I'll probably try it again, but we'll see. Um, that's honestly the thing about a lot of these books, a lot of books that I've DNF this year, I really think I need to try again in a different format, which I, I think I've done. I think I've done audiobooks of some of these because I'm like, um, I probably would like them. I just need to like not have them in this format. So, um, don't ever count out a book that I DNF honestly as like a book that I'm never going to read because it's very likely that I'll pick it back up because it just didn't work for me in some capacity but it might work for me in a different capacity sometimes I just need to be in a different headspace sometimes I just need to read it in a different format sometimes I need to be like more persuaded because it fits a prompt for the pop sugar reading challenge you know what I mean like so sometimes it's just like whatever um, and the last book I DNF'd is The Family Game by Katherine Stedman. This one hurt the most because this one I DNF'd at 160, which I just realized is what I DNF'd The Weight of Blood. So both of those books I got pretty fucking far into. Um, the Family Game is marketed as a thriller, but I think it's more like a fiction that has some sort of mystery in it. Um, maybe marketing it as a mystery might better. I'm not sure, but I saw a review that said that the action and like the thriller doesn't start until page 200 and like they literally weren't lying because I was almost there and I was like getting closer to the action and I was like, I do not care anymore. Like I no longer care about this woman. I don't care about her stupid mistakes. I don't care about her decisions. I don't care what she's doing. Like I can't be bothered to continue on with this book. And again, I was reading as an ebook, so, you know, it's just like not working. Um, I was kind of into it at first. It is about this woman named Harriet who is from like London. She meets this guy, Edward, and she's like married or like getting married to him. Um, and he is from this really wealthy family, like think like Rockefeller family, um, like very old money and very like manipulative and like they make moves and like whatever and um like conniving and like dynasty and like whatever so she like doesn't know anything about his family but like she so she like loves him for him like she's not with him for whatever and um like the family's really like got issues and she like meets the family and like there's these things happening and she's like uncovering like this like sort of situation or whatever but like oh my god it should not take 200 pages to start being thrilling and I think I saw that it's like twisty but like it takes 200 pages to get to a twist like it just it was too much it was too much I did really enjoy the very first chapter was called fairy tale of New York which I think is cute um that's a song that my husband has heavily influenced me to really like um it's a Christmas song it did feel a little weird reading a Christmas book in October. 
I see all the people on booktube reading spooky books right now and I'm reading a book set over Christmas time that felt a little weird so maybe pick this up towards the end of the year if you're going to um this was one that I kind of saw and then I took it off my radar and I was like not into it and then I requested it again because it came back on my radar and then when I was reading it I was like didn't I not want to read this though so um yeah I should have just stuck to my original not gonna read whatever because it just didn't work for me okay moving on to the books that I did read this month which is few and far between um but I feel like I have a lot to say about most of these I first listened to Choices by Audrina Patridge um she just had a book come out she's been talking about this book for ages I feel like and it just now came out I guess or I just now got it I don't know um first of all this book is terrible so only read this book if you can read it really fast or listen to it really fast um and it's just like background whatever because it's it's not good like her writing isn't good she should not have wrote that like she should not have her story is not a story that should be told like I'm just I'm just being honest um she's an idiot (laughs) that's all I can say I don't really I don't really understand um so basically she just talks about all of the men that she dated and a little bit about Lauren in the hills um my husband's doing his nightly coughing in the middle of his sleep that's delightful um she just talks about the guys that she's dated or whatever and her guy stories are really fucking terrible but first let me talk about Lauren so she talks about like joining the hills it was a complete accident yada 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 she's talked about that like on the podcast she's talked about that everywhere um and I don't remember because I listened to this literally like probably the first day of October but she she basically talks about how Lauren like was a really good friend and yada yada and like her and Lauren aren't friends anymore um and I think I think that that's evident in like her podcast and things like um they skirt around Lauren I feel like um I don't know it's just a little awkward and I don't remember what else she said about Lauren I think that she I think that she felt like Lauren was a little bit too like judgy or whatever which is fair um but she does talk about how who does she compare who does she compare because it's the same it's literally the same thing um it's something with oh my god what is she she talks about how she oh I think it's is it oh my god I now I don't remember I think it's Heidi you Like, she talks about the part where she's, like, upset that Heidi didn't give her the benefit of the doubt with the Spencer thing. Where, like, it was assumed that Audrina and Spencer were dating. And Heidi was really upset with Audrina about it. And Audrina, like, left Heidi's birthday party crying and all that stuff and whatever. Um, So she's talking about how, like, she was really upset that Heidi didn't give her the benefit of the doubt and blah, blah, whatever. And then, like, later on in the book goes on to talk about the moment when she, she had heard that... Lauren and Justin hooked up and then like she like accused Lauren and like whatever and like it's literally like a chapter later or something that she talks about that and I'm like bro do you not realize that you 
just compared the same exact situation. But the difference is, is that she was actually hanging out with Spencer. Like, whether production, like, finagled that or what, like, she was hanging out with Spencer. Lauren was not hanging out with Justin. And she was, like, engaging in that. And Lauren was always openly, like, disgusted with Justin. And the other difference is, is that Heidi and and Heidi and Audrina were relatively new friends. Lauren and Audrina were very long established friends. So like for Heidi to accuse Audrina of something and be like, you know, if, if you're trying to date Spencer, blah, blah, whatever, like it's a little different than like Audrina accusing Lauren, someone who's been there for her for very many like years at this point, like to accuse them of something like that. It's like, not only is it the same thing, but like in the version where you're the wronged party here like it's way worse like you're you're doing it way worse um so I thought that was interesting um she talks about Brody like right out the gate which I think is weird considering she has like Justin and Corey like whatever um so the fact that like Brody I think Brody was like maybe the first guy that she mentioned and I think that that's weird um I don't understand the Brody and Audrina thing like I don't think that they have like really good chemistry I don't think that um like I just I don't understand like and they were always very like barely friends anytime like anything happened and then like they always act like there's this like whole like unspoken unspoken like thing and whatever and it's just like it's really weird, but she talks about how, like, Brody's, like, such a good friend to her and all of this stuff. They've never hooked up. They've never done anything, which is not true. Like, it's literally been shown, but whatever. Um, and so I thought that was really weird. And then that's what, like, I feel like this whole book is, like, a little bit, like, sketchy. It's, like, a little skewed. Um, she talks about Justin, and she talks about, like, you know, them dating and her like liking him and like their on again off again sort of situation and whatever and like how um Justin would be like different in front of the cameras and how um like I don't know and like that whole thing was really weird to me and then she talks about Corey which is also really weird to me and I guess Corey and her um when she got pregnant like they had like a toxic relationship and it sounds like he was like potentially like a little bit abusive like emotionally abusive and physically abusive and things like that and she got out and now they co-parent or whatever I don't don't know um but like my biggest takeaway from all of it is that she just like continually goes back to the same guy she also talks about Ryan Cabrera and she has done that with Ryan Cabrera as well like she's dated him like two or three times um so she just kind of cycles through the same guys so she like will date Justin and then date Corey and then date Ryan and then date Justin and then date Corey and then like Ryan like she doesn't really like switch it up ever and like she keeps going like her situation with Ryan Ryan's I think either engaged or married now so like he's out of the mix but like her situation with Ryan was always really good and like he was he always treated her really well and she had really good things to say about him but um with Justin and Corey it was both really bad and she just keeps talking about how she just keeps cycling and like going back to them and I understand I feel like everybody has like like there's like a person that's like maybe not great that you'd like go back to or whatever like that makes sense to me 
but like to have like more than one and to continually go back to both of them feels a little weird um and I just it was it was like uncomfortable to listen to because the whole time I was like what the fuck are you doing like how how do you not see like the problems like how how are you still making the same mistakes over and over and like she talks about some of this stuff like when she's like you know like I don't know 19 or 20 like when she's pushed on the hills and then like now when she's like 30 something and like she's still making these same like mistakes and she hasn't like grown up she hasn't matured she doesn't seem like she's learned anything in any of these relationships like she seems like she's the exact same person today that she was then like she does not seem like she has grown at all as a person and that is really disappointing because like even I would say like Heidi as much as like whatever has happened like with her and Spencer and like her being a little bit like brainwashed um like Heidi seems to have grown into like an adult um and like obviously like Lauren has and like whatever but it's just like it it very much feels like she's the same exact person and she has not grown at all um she also quickly throws out like some guys apparently she dated Chris Pine for a while but like he wasn't down with like the fame which seems on track with Chris Pine she says that Leonardo DiCaprio wanted to date her um but they couldn't ever like find a time to make it work which I think is interesting um that's the only one I don't buy not that I don't buy it but like it's Leonardo fucking DiCaprio um and then she like I don't know like kind of was interested in Chase Crawford like I think like they made out or something um which is like that is believable to me because they're in the same like sort of vein um and I think it said something about like um I was gonna say Blair. I think it was Leighton Meester. It might maybe it wasn't Leighton Meester. It might have been Blake Lively. I think it was Leighton Meester. I think it was Leighton Meester, Chase Crawford, um, Lauren, and Audrina all hung out. And I was like, oh my god, that's so fun. Because it's like a merging of the minds. Um, but anyway, ultimately it was like super fast and it's it's called choices, and I don't exactly know what choices she's making because she doesn't make any choices. I mean, I guess she does because she like ends up leaving the dad and like is raising her daughter by herself and like it looks like she's doing like a fine job with her daughter so like props for her but I've never I've never read a book and been like well that's probably not true but like it just she doesn't grow at all she's she's not any different and she's also like not any different like you know you would think that like okay so like if if Lauren Conrad wrote like a memoir like you would think that it would be like a little bit like like her personality on tv is a little bit different from like who she is in real life like she's more like calm and down to earth and like whatever she's not like so like out there and like big and whatever um not that she's like super like that in on tv but like there's literally no difference and it's just it's just it was just it was just it was it was not great it was just not great um, the next book that I read is Carrie Soto is Back by Taylor Jenkins Reid. So this is about Carrie Soto, who is mentioned in Malibu Rising. Um, she is one of, she is, she, she has an affair with a character in Malibu Rising. I was like trying to say, trying to figure out how to say that without fucking anything up. And I don't think I give away anything super crazy even by saying that, but, um, 
So it is about this girl, Carrie Soto, who is like um, a major tennis player. Like she's like professional tennis player. She's like really good. She like sets records and like has all these titles and like whatever. And then she retires and then this other girl like breaks her record. And so she decides that she wants to come back and she wants to like beat her and whatever. Um, and then her dad is like her coach and then there's also this like male tennis player that she has like a romance with and whatever. And I actually thought this was really good. I, so I, I feel like I talk about this. I talk about my history with Taylor Jenkins Reid every single time I have a podcast. Um, but every single time I have a podcast, I have one, but every single time I talk about it on the podcast, I don't know. I DNF'd Evelyn Hugo because it's about a fictional woman and I didn't care, which a case could be made that that's how all these books are. But anyway, um, I really enjoyed Malibu Rising. I thought it was really fun. And then I decided to read her backlist and her backlist is way different from her newer stuff. Her backlist is more like about relationships and marriage and things like that. And it's like kind of love stories, but not necessarily. And then these are more like contemporary fiction that are all set in like the same universe because all the characters cross over, if that makes any sense. Um, so Carrie Soto is in that world. So the vibes of this book are similar to like Evelyn Hugo and Malibu Rising. So and Daisy Jones and the Six. So um, I was surprised because I don't care about tennis. Like that means nothing to me. I think what made me really enjoy this book is the audiobook. The audiobook is fantastic. It has a ton of narrators, and I guess there's a lot of, um, because it's tennis and there's a lot of tennis matches, there's a lot of, like, you know, like, sports commentary and stuff that pops up, like, um, like, little clips from, like, a radio show or something like that will pop up or whatever, and I imagine that these are set between chapters, and... It was just really well done. Like, it's like, dur, 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 dur. like, um, I don't know, whatever, like, the sports intro sort of thing is. And I feel like the way that all of the different characters had their own voices, the way that, like, the different, like, sounds and the different, um, like, the breaking up and using of the mixed media and things like that. Like, I just felt like the audiobook was really, really, really good. Um, I had it requested from the library, and then Katie Colson read it, and she said that the audiobook was fantastic, and so I requested the audiobook, and I decided to go that route instead. I listened to the audiobook for Malibu Rising as well, so I figured that I would enjoy it. I think Malibu Rising just has one narrator, though. Um, but I just thought that the way that this was presented was really good, and honestly, it's a book that I could see reading again potentially and it's a book I could see reading physically um so yeah it's just about tennis so if that doesn't appeal to you then you know whatever but I did really like the way that it was set up I liked um you know I liked it there is some not argument but there I think there's a discussion there's some discourse on the fact that Carrie Soto is not a white character and that it feels a little I don't know, I don't know where the line is, and I don't know, I, I don't know how it works anymore, especially in today's society, with, like, a white author writing characters that aren't white, um, because this was, like, heavily influenced 
by Hispanic race and culture and things like that. And so it just felt a little bit like weird maybe. Um, and I literally in a group that I'm in on Facebook, I think it's like an, I think it's a nanny reading group or something. Um, somebody was, somebody made like this, like really like annoying post, but was talking about how you should read more books by black authors and books by authors of color and things like that, which I agree with, but I don't agree with the way that the message was put out, but whatever. Um, somebody else disagreed and she got fucking ripped to shreds. So this is my podcast. I can do what I want. But anyway, um, she was saying that like Taylor Jenkins, like reading books with characters of color by authors like Taylor Jenkins read don't count. And Carrie Soto was explicitly named. So I think it's a little weird that it was not just a white girl, but I, I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know. It did feel a little weird to me, just in today's whatever. My personal opinion is that, like, I want – it kind of is, like, the same thing as, like, can, like, a character – or can, like, someone who's straight play someone who's gay in a movie? Like, I feel like it should be, like, the best person for the job, and if the best person for the job is straight, then why aren't gay people better actors? I don't know if that's, like, what the – like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that there should be – I think that, I think that it should be like the best, whatever. I think that in this situation, it, it feels, I don't know. It feels, it feels a little weird and it feels like something I wouldn't really want to touch. So that's, I don't know. Use your judgment with that. You decide what you think about that. I haven't seen anybody talk about that on YouTube. So I'm curious to know what other people think about it, but it's just a general, I don't know. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to point out is I really enjoy, so I'm not like a huge fan of like sports, obviously, and like sports movies and sports whatever. I do love a good like, you know, sports movie when it's like not just about the sport, like The Blind Side, big fan of that movie, um, mostly because I'm a big fan of Sandra Bullock. But I do like sports stories, and I can't really think of another example. I almost want to say, like, The Queen's Gambit had that, or, like, um, I want to say maybe Molly's Game with the poker situation, but I I like um, when in a story or in a movie or whatever, when there's someone who's not even the one participating in the action – but they're, they're really knowledgeable in the action. And so they're able to like dictate what they should do. I really like that. I think that's a really interesting dynamic. And so like in this situation, like, um, her dad is, I guess he's like a coach, but he's like really, and like he, he like has like advice and it's like advice that you don't necessarily want to follow because you're like frustrated or it's not the way that you want to do things, but it's like, that's how you should do it. Like, Okay, an example that just came to mind is um, from One Tree Hill, Nathan and Q, when Nathan is, like, rehabbing and he can't really do it anymore um, and he's helping Q and Q's like, no, 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 like, fadeaway's weak, I'm not doing that and whatever, and he's like, this is what you need to do. Um, and same thing, like, uh, I think that's the same thing that happened to Nathan where he um, was, like, 
I think it might have been Q actually that told him he was playing the wrong position and he needed to play a different position or something like those kinds of things. Like I like when someone can objectively see like a way to improve a situation um, and then like they do it and they make that change and then they get better. I think that's like a fun dynamic and I really enjoy when that happens in books, in movies, whatever. And so like that was like a small element of this book and I really enjoyed that. Um, so overall I really enjoyed it. It was a really fun listening experience and I highly recommend it, but, um, with those caveats. Next is The Ballad of Never After by Stephanie Garber. This is the second book in the, um, song of The Ballad of Never After. What's the first one? Oh, Once Upon a Broken Heart. The song, I don't know what I was going to say. Um, and that would be my husband's bedtime alarm. So good job. You're in bed when you're supposed to be. Um, I'm so like caught off guard now. Um, okay. So this book is the second book in the series. It takes place in the same world as Carval. And I liked this one way more than I liked the first one. The first one, I felt like it was a little bit all over the place and like it should have been more like cohesive. And I feel like this was more cohesive and I feel like this made more sense and I understood like what was most happening and whatever. And I was a little bit more into the characters and I understood the world a little bit better. I still maintain that I don't think the pullover of characters from Carval to this, like Jax, like I don't think that's necessary. Like I think he should have been like a totally different person um, because I think it makes it confusing. And I also don't feel like he aligns with the same character he was in the Carval series. So that's a little annoying. Um, also, I thought this was going to be a duology and apparently there's going to be a third book. So that's cool. It's a little bit, I almost think that part of the reason I enjoyed this more is because I was listening to it expecting that this was the end. Um, and then now knowing, because I typically hate second books. So now knowing that this is the second book, I wonder if I would have known going into it that it was a second book. But the thing I hate about second books usually is they all split up and that didn't happen in this book, right? No, it didn't happen in this book. So, um, and it's not really possible for that to happen in this book. So I think that it didn't fall to my second book curse, the way that it normally would have. Um, my other thing is there's like kind of a relationship in this book. It's kind of hard to explain. Um, and I think you're supposed to like root for a couple, but it's not a couple that you should be rooting for. And there are a lot of lines in this book and I, I wish there was one that it just made me like, I was like, oh my God. And I was like swooning a little bit. Um, and there's some lines where the guy says things where you're just like, oh my God. And like, I get why she's like falling for him or like whatever. Like I understand, like also the relationship aspect is not the whole like point of this story. This is, it's like this girl Evangeline is, um, in this, I guess not world, but she's in this like other town and there's this prophecy sort of that she kind of fits into. And, um, there's like all these like mixed up things that are kind of happening and like, she has to be the one to like whatever. And it's like a whole bunch of like fairy tales kind of turned upside down and like whatever. And not like fairy tales that, you know, it's just like kind of just like 
a prince, a princess, like those kinds of things. Um, that's a terrible explanation. So you're going to have to Google it because I can't do anything better because this, this world and like these books are just so all over the place. Um, anyway, so he says things to her that I'm just like, okay, I understand. I get it. However, his actions are so bad sometimes that like, I understand that like, these are the things that you're like falling in love with, I guess. Like if I'm using air quotes, like I get that this is like what you're like falling in love with, but like some of these actions are really bad and like should be enough that you are like, absolutely not. Like I can't do anything. And like, there are a couple times that like, I kept thinking like, okay, like she's done with this guy. Like this is like, and like, they're not even together. So it's not like a relationship really. It's just like the thought of a relationship, I think. But like, there are some times where I'm just like, okay, definitely done. Like, we're not continuing on with this. Like, she's going to be smarter. And then, like, moving forward, like, he's going to be less and less of a character and, like, whatever. And then, like, he'll come back and, like, he'll, like, swoop in and then, like, he'll say something and then she's, like, all melty again. And I'm like, but wait a minute. Remember what he just did? Like, I understand, like, loving the bad guy and I understand, like, like, a little bit of toxicity in a relationship, like, I, I get it, like, I am a fan of the after books, but, like, these are, like, some of the stuff he does is really bad, and I just, like, don't really understand, and the way that the book ends is really confusing, and I don't know what they're gonna do, and, like, how it's gonna continue, um, but I guess I will see, and I will probably definitely read it, because I'm, all the way in this far. Um, I will say, so I was like really bummed with the Carval series. I was really bummed that I didn't like the other books. And I kind of think I'm going to treat Carval as a standalone. And like when I decide to purchase the books, I would just get Carval because I don't feel the need to get the rest of the books. I didn't like the other two books. Um, I think with this one, I do like these books. I like these books a little bit more maybe, or I liked this one anyway. And so I think I would get all of them if I were to purchase them. So that's for a later date when I have bookshelves that I currently don't have. So that's for then. Um, the next book is The Complete Tales and Poems of Winnie the Pooh by A.A. A. Milne. This is just like the whole Winnie the Pooh collection. Um, I don't know. It must have been my sister's book or something at one time. But I've had this book packed away in a tote for a very long time in the event that I had a child and I had a child. And so we went through, um, he has a bookshelf full of books like any baby does. And we went through all the books and we got to this one and we started reading. And I want to say we probably started in like July maybe. And I finished just, we finished just now. So, um, July, August, September, October. So like four months, I would say. Um, and we just read a little bit of it every night at bedtime. Um, it has been, it has been like, I, I read it or, um, my husband, that, that is something that is more consistent is that my husband, um, is, is like home for bedtime now. Like he was, you know, opening and like dealing with a lot of work stuff and whatever. So, um, it's been more consistent that we read he and I every night before bed but it used to be kind of off and on like sometimes he would be there sometimes he wouldn't whatever so I would read it or he would read it and then also like if my sister was around like my sister would read it um I think maybe my sister's the only one that 
I got to read it. Maybe my mom, I don't know, but um, anybody who was available would read a little bit. So he has like his bedtime bottle and then we just read a book. So I was originally reading books and then we got to books that were bigger and I was reading just like a little bit at a time and we were going through and whatever. Anyway, I have never read Winnie the Pooh. I obviously know Winnie the Pooh. Everybody knows Winnie the Pooh. I've seen Winnie the Pooh. I understand the general idea, but I had never read Winnie the Pooh. And it is so, not only is it so fucking cute, it is so fucking funny. Like there were so many times that we would be reading and like I would be cracking up by myself or like my husband and I would be reading it and we would just be laughing at something so absurd and so funny or like my sister my sister would read it and like we would just be dying laughing like tears streaming down our face laughing from something because it was so funny and I don't know how to explain it other than to just say like you should just read it like you don't have to read the whole thing because like I would say probably half or a little bit more than half is is stories but then there's a whole section in the back that's just poems and that got a little like mundane after a while because it was just poems and poems and poems and I don't love poems um but like the original like stories are what is just like so and like you know the stories like it's you know Tigger um is coming into town and it is um Winnie the Pooh and like the bees and the rain cloud sort of situation and stuff like that it's like it's like familiar stories and then I because of this went and watched Winnie the Pooh because I haven't seen that movie since I was probably like five that's that's a lie but Winnie the Pooh was always one that I was never really into um but I went back and watched it and it's very close to the book like I feel like they did a very good job it's very similar to the book and um I really liked it and like we are like poo obsessed in this house now um or I am anyway because I absolutely loved these freaking like the books and the stories and like whatever and the characters like I am like deep in Winnie the Pooh right now um my friend Sarah got us this really cute tapestry that has like the Winnie the Pooh alphabet on it and we have that hanging up in his room and he's gonna be Winnie the Pooh for Halloween because I'm so fucking obsessed um and we have, like, I have Winnie the Pooh outfits that I've purchased, and my mom just bought him this, like, Winnie the Pooh, like, I don't know, pillow stuffed animal sort of situation, and, um, like, honestly, like, everything is, like, Winnie the Pooh. Like, it's just, like, all Winnie the Pooh. I just realized how absolutely hilarious it is that he's being Winnie the Pooh because we read a book. I just, just realized that that's really funny. Um, but he he for a while like just like kind of like felt very much like Winnie the Pooh like he's like this child is always ready to eat like it doesn't matter if it's like his bottle or if it's food like he's just like always ready to eat he's just like very rolly and poly and just like he's just it's just he's just really funny and um reading the books was really interesting because you have a general idea of like the characters but when you actually read it like it's a little bit different than you realize. Like Rabbit in the um, in the movies is just kind of mean, but in the books, like he's still kind of mean, but he's just like mean for a reason. Like he's just like so annoyed with like everybody, and he just like has been dealing with everybody for a long time, and he deals with a lot of a lot of stuff. And then like Eeyore is like really like sassy and like you know melancholy or whatever in the movie, but he's like 
really sassy in the books and they all talk about each other like so harsh like they all think each other's stupid and they're all like well you know when you're you know when you're dumb and like when you you know you don't have any brains then like you know you're not very smart and whatever and they all think like they're smarter than each other and Winnie the Pooh I absolutely fucking adore now like as a character um because he thinks that he's not smart like he thinks that he doesn't have any brains he calls himself a bear of little brains and he like the other characters think that he's not smart and whatever but most of the time he has good ideas or he has like intelligent thoughts about a situation and like it's his like whatever that gets like used or whatever and he's he's very caring and kind and understanding and he like if if somebody does something that's not great he's just like huh or if some like something happens that's not um you know like he makes a mistake or something like that like he's just like I don't know I just um I think that he's I I kind of always thought he was like kind of bumbling and silly um before and now I absolutely love him and I think he he is like I love him so much like I used to really love Eeyore as a character or like Tigger or whatever but like now I really really love Winnie the Pooh um and like I am just like full full-on obsessed and I hope that our Winnie the Pooh thing lasts at least long enough for him to like see the movies and like have the stuffed animals and those kinds of things because I think it's so cute and it's definitely a book that we'll read again um and if you've never read it for whatever reason like I definitely recommend doing it like read it to your children or your nanny children or yourself I mean I know that probably sounds silly but like just do it and it was so funny too because like very often like something would happen in the book and that would mimic like things that were happening in real life like literally the the day that we read the um chapter about or like started the chapter about how it just rained and rained and rained and rained and rained and Winnie the Pooh it was doing that here and it was flooding here and I was like this is a little too on the nose um so that was really fun and I just it was such a I'm going to cry. I'm not going to cry. It was such a wonderful experience and it was so, and like he will not remember at all. And like hopefully like in the future he will know that like Winnie the Pooh is like whatever to him, you know, down the road. Um, It'll be like his childhood favorite book or something. I don't know. But I really wish like we could just go back and like reread it again for the first time because it was so good. And I'm so glad like my first experience reading it was with him because it was just so like it was so sweet it was so good and I'm so happy and I love it so much um moving on I read such a quiet place by Megan Miranda and I have no notes about this so I don't remember fuck all um it is about this character I think her name's Ruby I don't know what the main character's name is um but it literally starts out that this girl they live in this, like, I don't know, it gives me, like, gated community, like, um, London townhome sort of whatever vibes, um, and this girl who was living in this community is getting out of prison. It, like, starts off like that, and there's this, like, community message board that all the people in the community use, and, um, that is, like, broken up in all the chapters, and they're basically all talking about how she's getting out, and she went to jail for allegedly killing 
to other people in the community. And so they're not really keen on her coming back, but she comes back and she lives with the main character whose name I cannot remember. And everybody's kind of like, what the fuck? And like, whatever. And like all these things happen or whatever. Um, I remember Chandler Ainsley talking about reading this book and she was saying like, nothing really happens, but she was like not mad about it. And she was like having a perfectly fine time while she was reading it. And that's how I felt as well. I was like, nothing's happened. And I will say I've listened to an audio, this as an audiobook because I think the amount of audiobooks I read this month, um, and probably last month correlate to the amount of, I cannot physically, not physically read, but I cannot physically read another ebook or I will kill myself. Um, I will unalive myself. I'm sorry. I think that I was like ramping up audiobooks because I couldn't get through an ebook and I just, I don't know. Anyway, so I was listening to this as an audiobook and I think like that medium, if it would have been an ebook, I probably would have DNF'd it. But listening to it as an audiobook, I think I was just like, mm, okay, I'm having a perfectly fine time. Like nothing's really happening, but I'm not mad about it. Like, um, the characters are like kind of interesting enough. Like what's happening is like interesting enough to keep me going. And it wasn't anything like groundbreaking. It wasn't anything like super fantastic, but it was perfectly fine and I didn't mind it. So it is what it is. And then the last book that I read is The Turn of the Key by Ruth Ware. This is supposed to be a retelling of The Turn of the Screw. And I looked up The Turn of the Screw and it seems like it's pretty similar to what that book is about. So it's about this nanny. So relatable as fuck. Imagine my surprise when this is like the one Ruth Ware, not the one, there's like probably two other Ruth Ware books that I haven't read but this is like the Ruth Ware book that like is the most popular I would say is like the one that like everybody everybody has read and really loves and this is the one I haven't read and imagine my surprise to find out that it's about a fucking nanny like what was I doing this whole time um so it's about this girl who's a nanny and she goes to work for this family and their house is like a tech house I thought it was going to be like a smart house situation Molly you drinking water right now is really annoying I thought it was going to be like a tech house situation, like a smart house, a tech house, a smart house situation, like the house takes over. That's not what it's about. Um, it's like this tech house and this family and um, there's like some, some creepy things happening in the house and it's like her being in this house and like whatever. Um, her name is Rowan. And it was, it was good. It was, um, I think I, I think I gave it five stars, but I think it's actually probably more like a four because there was some, there was like some pacing issues. And then also like it's told in an interesting way, which I didn't mind, but it's told like after the story has already happened. It's like someone explaining the story, explaining what happened and so it's explaining like the build up. It's like how she saw the job and how she got the job and how the job went and like blah 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 and like whatever. And then like all the way until like the ending thing that happened. But like the ending thing that happened is the only thing that needed to be explained because obviously the person that she's telling the story to already knows all of the like it just it just felt a little weird and the ending thing like there wasn't it wasn't like it was a little bit too fast, I think, the ending. And so it's like 
there's all this like fleshed out stuff that's maybe not as important um, if you were actually telling it to the person like she was. And like the whole point of what you're telling is like what happens at the very end, but she doesn't like really expand on that very end. So it just felt like a little bit like muddled. I think I still gave it five stars though because it was still like it did what it was supposed to do. Like it was definitely spooky. There were definitely times that I was scared. And one, being a nanny and reading this. Two, having a child in the middle of the night and reading this. And then three, just like being up all hours and whatever and reading it. It was just it was I was getting a little I was shaking in my boots a little bit um but it was definitely interesting and it was definitely let's see I mean Winnie the Pooh obviously I really loved but it was definitely the best book that I read this month um other than Winnie the Pooh obviously so I I don't know it and it was different and I liked like some of the different elements and things and I liked that it was I liked the setup of the story and stuff like that, and I liked the ending. Um, some people don't like the ending, and some people had issues with certain things. I did. There's something I thought, and I thought it pretty much, I don't know, pretty early on I thought what was happening. Um, and I was, like, pretty much right about what I thought was happening. And I kind of wish the ending would have been the way that I thought it was instead of what the ending actually was. It was pretty close, but I think, like, my version would have been better. But that's just my opinion. Um, the other thing is, so this offer, okay, she's a live-in nanny. So you need to understand, live-in nannies typically get paid less than live-out nannies because live-in nannies don't have to pay for things like living and, you know, sometimes, like, food and a car and those kinds of things. So she can drive their car. She lives in their house. Um, and then she also is being offered, um, I don't know what it was in whatever, in pounds, but it, it, it roughly translates to like 62000 a year, which might not sound like a lot to some of you, but that is more than what I make in a year. And that translates to roughly, if she's being expected to work about like 50 hours, which is what her schedule is supposed to be, she's supposed to be working like nine to five or something Monday through Friday and she has like the weekends off she gets like eight weeks off vacation so I did the math I did the math for not counting the eight weeks of vacation but working Monday through Friday from nine to five and that's $28 an hour which is a decent amount plus she's a live-in so she's not really paying any bills and she's getting $28 an hour like that's pretty good However, something that happens pretty early on means that she's working a little bit more than 50 hours a week. So um, that's a little bit different. But that's still a lot of fucking money. So I was like, holy shit, I would do it. But then also there's like something, there's like some weird thing where it's like you get X amount and then like you get all of the rest as a bonus at the end of the year or something. And I was like, well, that's fucked. Um, so the setup of that was a little bit interesting but um I love seeing nanny books and seeing how like things are set up and I like seeing like the logistics of nannying and like their pay and how they like their contract and things like that because I'm a nanny so I think that that stuff is interesting and even though other people not, might not think so I definitely do so anyways I thought it was really good and it was spooky 
and whatever, but it still was a pretty good thriller. So that was my October and I don't foresee my November and December getting too much better. I think that I'm going to try to really focus on just reading physically instead of reading ebooks and see if that improves anything at all. I mentioned, I think at some point, but Chandler Ainsley did this like 31 books in 30 days or something or 31, 31 audiobooks in 31 days or something, which I think sounds really fun. And I think it sounds like a fun challenge. I, my original goal was 60 books. I hit that obviously. And then I upped it to 150 just like as an arbitrary number. I'm definitely not going to hit that. I would have to read like a book every single day or something to hit that. Like it's just not going to happen. So I'm not going to stress too much about the number of books that I read. I'm just like, it is what it is at this point. Um, I hit my original goal, so I should be happy. And I'm still going to break 100, which I think is, I think that's my ultimate at this point. Like the last like few years that I've really been tracking, like I've been tracking for I would say the last like probably six years I've been tracking my books, but I've been tracking them on like Instagram and like actually like really like trying to work towards something the last like three years I would say um so I've hit over 100 I think like the last three years so I think like that is kind of my goal and it's like a benchmark and as long as I do that like I think like I'm reading and enough like putting enough importance on reading and things like that so I'm not really too concerned about hitting a higher goal or anything like that um and I there's part of me and I kind of did that in October where there's part of me that wants to just like stop reading like I want to like take like a month off where I just don't read anything and potentially I could do that in November or December but I think honestly what I'm just going to do is just like read when I have time in November and December and then just let that be what it is um, especially if I'm reading physically the problem is is like I don't know what I'm going to do in the middle of the night if I have to feed Thomas because I don't like turning on the light. If I can help it, I like to leave the light, the nightlight off. So, like, I can't read a book in the middle of the night without a light. And I don't want to use, like, a, a book light or a nightlight or anything like that because it just feels, like, disruptive when everybody is sleeping, even though I have to be awake. So if I have to be awake, like, everybody else should be awake too, you know what I mean? But, um, I don't know. And it's kind of hard. It's still the same thing I was saying before where it's, like, I only have one hand to try to read a book, which is difficult, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, he has been a little bit more independent, so maybe I'll have the opportunity to read a little bit more. Maybe not, but either way, I'm happy with my reading, even though it's not going great at this moment in time, but I have high hopes that it will get better. I am currently reading Killers of a Certain Age by Deanna Rayborn. Um, it was my book of the month book for not October, for September. Um, I need to read my book of the month books. I have so many of them, I feel like, at this point that I need to read. Um, I want to read Upgrade. I have that one. I just got signed here, which is supposed to be really good. I need to read that one. So I need to get on that. So hopefully I can start reading some books on my freaking TBR physical book cart because that is what I need to be doing in anyway um there are a couple books that I have on hold that I'm waiting a lot of like audiobooks Matthew Perry's fucking memoir I cannot wait 
Um, Lauren Graham has another book coming out. I don't know why she just keeps coming out with books, but Lauren Graham has a book, so I'm going to read it. Um, and I think there's a couple other books that are coming out that I've been excited to read. And then I need to request a couple from the library because they don't have them on my um, library app on my phone. So, and then I also, I guess I'm also listening to A Deadly Education by Naomi Novik or something. I think that's her name. I'm not sure. Um, that's fine. I think I heard that the Scalamance books, which is the series that that book is, I think I heard that those books are really slow and really boring, but I, so far I'm having an okay time with it. Um, I realized like if I can read fantasy books as audiobooks, I might enjoy them a little bit better um, because I understand the world building. And I will say, at first I was really fucking confused. I was like, what the fuck are we talking about? I think I'm starting to slowly understand what's going on. Um, I also very easily could DNF this book and not care at all. But it's beloved by some for a reason. Like, it's a series, so uh, enough people must enjoy it. So we'll see. And... Honestly, that's about it. So, um, who knows what's going to happen, but until next time, friends, ciao!